Welcome back to Whole and to the Full. My name is Chrissy. And I'm Emma Rose Klinger. And for those of you who are joining us for our second ever episode and last episode of the launch series, we're essentially going to go over my story. And last week we went into Chrissy's story, yes. which was pretty <laughs> awesome. And we Thank learned you. that Chrissy actually does a really great job of giving us blooper material. <laughs> and so if you follow us on social media, you're going to want to check out the blooper reel we did. Um, and yeah, I would just say that it's, it's hilarious. And for those of you who actually saw her episode, Episode. It was quite powerful, quite wonderful. Thank and we've you. had several of you actually reach out to us and tell us how it impacted you. So keep doing that. Let us know how it impacted you. Yeah. Um, and thank you so much, Chrissy, for sharing your story with us. Yeah, thank yeah. you. It was honestly such a blessing to share and to just hear everyone's responses. And the blooper reel is um, definitely real life. <laughs> if you ask any of my Bible study girls that take Bible study with me, they will tell you that that's basically a normal occurrence. So a Chrissyism. Yeah. It's great. <laughs> it's great. But um, you know, don't get too comfortable, Emma Rose, because I'm working on your blooper reel. And it's gonna be great. You guys are gonna love it. I'm actually really nervous about that because I'm realizing I do random dances and faces and yeah. um your facial yeah. expressions are great. Okay. That's I'm nervous great. about that. Okay. Well it'll be great. <laughs> great. Um well if you haven't seen or heard our first episode yet um, just know that we're two best friends who are joining and have been called to go to Fuller Theological yeah. Seminary together and at the same time. So yeah. we know it's going to be an amazing wild ride together and we just don't want to lose or miss anything along the way. So we're documenting what we learn. We're integrating what we learn from theology, from psychology mm -hmm. on a monthly basis moving forward. And yeah. Um, yeah, we'll just be talking about how it makes us whole, how we're being made whole and living life to the full to in the, the process. Yeah. yeah. And so to this episode, we actually are going to be going into Emma Rose's story. But before we go into that, we just wanted to um, have a moment. Uh, so today is September 9th. Tomorrow is the 10th, which is actually um, World Suicide Prevention Day. And so we just wanted to honor this day and recognize it and Obviously, you know from my personal story that I have had a very personal relationship um, with suicide and with my ex-husband. And as you will learn, Emma Rose also has um, a very similar story. And so we actually, we just wanted to create a time where we can honor it, we can recognize it, we can bring it up. Um, obviously, you know that God's really helped me through this journey and helped me on the other side of healing from it. Um, so we know that's possible for you, but we just wanted to honor anybody who might still be struggling or they're walking through um, a friend who is struggling and yeah. just have this moment to honor anybody in any realm of it. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you, Chrissy. So we just want to take a moment to say your life matters. Yeah. You matter. If you're breathing, you're here on purpose and for a reason, whether or not you believe that, whether or not you know what that purpose is, you're here and you're supposed to be here. Absolutely. Um, and so your life is worth living. And we know that God has plans to prosper you, to give yep. you a hope and a new future. And uh, we'll talk more about our story in a bit or my story in a bit, but yeah. you're meant to be here like all of us. So yep. keep going. Keep yeah. breathing. So um, like I said, you're going to hear her personal testimony with that. Mm -hmm. um, so we are actually going to be jumping into your story a little bit. We're going to um, ask her a bunch of questions, kind of flip the role a little bit. <sighs> and um, at the end, we are actually going to do another practical pause. And this one's going to be a little bit different. Emma is the master journaler. <laughs> and yeah. so she's going to share a little bit of her, how she journals and how she talks to God and um, is full with herself, you know, mm. just learning how to be full and how she does that. Mm. Um, so if you actually are really loving our practical pause, um, this will be the last one that we do on our actual um, full podcast. From this point forward, we are actually going to be keeping it exclusive to our Patreon members. So Patreon is really just an opportunity for people to support us through school while also just getting a little bit extra that's mm -hmm. um, different from our general podcast. So mm -hmm. if you are interested and you're loving the practical pause, please head over to Patreon so that you can check it out, yeah. support us, and there's lots of other um, fun options. Yeah, yeah, there'll be fun perks, merch, all the fun things. So yep. I hope you join us. On we Patreon. feel so cool with merch. Yeah, we do. <laughs> At least I do. <laughs> I do. 
do. Okay. So with that being said, Emma Rose, we are putting you in the hot seat today. Uh, Are you ready? I am so nervous, you guys. I know, (laughs) similar to Chrissy, I have shared my story a bit. I feel like the Lord has prepared me to share my story over the last year, and I've gotten a little bit more comfortable with it, Um, but it just feels like a whole other deal when it's on YouTube and podcasts and anyone can hear it. So I just pray that the Lord is in this, and it's all about Him, and I just die to myself so He could get bigger. Yeah, and He is here. Obviously, the Bible says where two or more are gathered in his name, that he's present. And on top of that, if there's anything I've learned in the last um, week or so since launching uh, episode one, um, there's going to be good and bad feedback, and that's okay. And the most important thing that I learned that God had to kind of walk through with me is that the only opinion that really matters is his, and knowing my identity in him is what matters and I can take constructive, constructive criticism. Criticism. <laughs> Putting that in the dictionary. Oh, man. <laughs> I can take it. You know, I can um, work on that. If, if there is room for growth, obviously we take that and work on that with God. But yeah. his opinion is really what matters. So Great. Okay. Well, um, before we really get into the um, depth of your story and your whole life, I would love if you could just take us through um, a little bit of your professional side. Okay. Um, talk to us about how you kind of came to want to be a clinical psychologist and how that passion came. Okay. Well, first off, Chrissy, I actually did not want to become a clinical psychologist. <laughs> so that's like the short answer. That was never the plan. That was never the ideal. Mm-hmm. But um, when I was in high school, I took a psychology class and um, I knew I was going to go to college. I'd gotten accepted at this point, but I knew I wanted to take a psychology class and learn what that was like. And it was the first class that I took where I was like, this is actually really cool. And it makes so much sense. Yeah. And uh, basically psychology, for those of you who don't know, is the study of people and their behavior and the mental and emotional aspects that play into that. Um, And so for me, I felt like it was this perfect integration between science and also this like people, people side of me. So um, in high school, I was the nerd who went from AP class to AP class (laughs) with a book in my hand. Literally, I'd have my like best friends standing next to me walking with me and I'd be reading a book. To go I, to my next class. I can envision it. Okay. I was so nerdy. <laughs> and then I'd also be like this little high school girl who would like hang out with friends and like want to be a social butterfly. Um, and that was like the people side of me. And I mm-hmm. felt like psychology allowed me to have both. Like okay. the super scientific numbers oriented side of me. And then this like person who like wanted to be bubbly and fun. Yeah. Um, and so I knew psychology was a fit for me. I felt like that's how God made me. Um, I was a Christ follower at that time, and I felt like God was kind of teaching me, this is how I've made my people. Um, And so, yeah, I I didn't initially want to be a clinical psychologist, but um, psychology is so big that you can work in a hospital, you can work as a therapist, you can work with uh, families and groups, and you can also work in workplaces to help people work better together. absolutely. So when I went to Chapman, I became a psychology major. Um, and my mom was like, you should really look into leadership. And I was like, why do I want to look into leadership? And she goes, well, you know, you're the eldest of four kids because I have three younger brothers. And she was like, you kind of tell them what to do very easily. <laughs> so I guess I'm a little, Thanks, <laughs> I'm a <mom>. great delegator. <laughs> and uh, an and encourager. She, she is an encourager. <laughs> Taking something that could be negative, it's a positive, right? And, um, and she was like, and your teams, anytime you were on softball or cheerleading or even school and ASB, yeah. she was like, you get chosen, you get nominated to be a leader. So why don't you do that? And so when I was on campus, I learned about organizational psychology, which is the psychology of people at work and how they thrive at work, and also leadership and just the psychology of leadership and how what good leadership looks like. So that excited me. I wanted to make a difference in the world, and yeah. I learned about this um, space called positive psychology. So for those of you who don't know, positive psychology is kind of a look at what makes people thrive. So a lot of people look into the studies of like happiness, okay. um, and also it was kind of birthed off this idea of... Um, let's look to see everyone who lived over 100 and what helped them live over 100. And we found that, you know, what makes people happy, what makes people thrive, what makes people live long isn't money, 
isn't right. success. A lot of the things have to do with how you live yeah. your life. And so I just thought that like God was showing me that this is the study of how to do life well. Wow. And so um, I moved on to a grad program at Claremont Graduate University. I learned from the positive psychology forefathers. Okay. I had really great mentors like Dr. Kuchenbecker. Um, and throughout the process, I, and th these are just, you know, professors that are near and dear to my heart, but throughout the process, um, I just felt like God was calling me into psychology, even though I felt like the Christian community, or at least my parents um, and my church, didn't really, it didn't feel like it was welcomed. Like psychology okay. kind of had a negative stigma. Yeah, yeah. And I just Absolutely. knew that I don't think that's what God meant for it. I think really there's more God that can be a part of this. So, right. Yeah. Okay. Very cool. So, what led you to Fuller? Okay. I know you're doing the clinical psychology program yeah. there. So talk about Fuller and mm -hmm. how that came to be. Yeah. So um, God's really cool where I just graduated. A bit. Yeah, just a little. <laughs> so I graduated with my MBA and HR uh, master's and um, I got to do all the dream jobs that I ever wanted to do. I got to work with a big firm called Accenture. It's one of the big five consulting firms. I got to help different organizations do really good at what they do. I got to, you know, make them think about their motivations and, and help them work better together in different ways. And so um, I did that. I also worked with Chick-fil-A and yeah. I learned a bit about what a business built on faith could look like. Yeah, like they literally, so cool. it is so cool. <laughs> they start Monday mornings with a devotional. That's, you know, optional wow. if you want to. Uh, but you can start with devotional, there's worship, and then you start work. And So like, you literally do worship at work? Yeah. It is so cool. I'm uh, putting this in my mind for future business. Okay, good. Things, I don't know what, but. Yeah, yeah. Well, I think they did a really good job of role modeling that for me. And yeah. I was like, oh, that is an opportunity. That's something that's really cool. So um, I had all these dream jobs that I, uh, along the way. And uh, as a consultant, you travel a lot typically. So I was on a plane yeah. Monday, or I was on a plane every Sunday night and Thursday night every week or every other week. Sometimes I'd have a couple weeks in between where I got to work from home, but that was okay. rare and few and far between. Um, and so I was traveling a lot and I was also leading teams in India while also leading teams in, in here in wow. America. So I was staying up late to lead them and getting oh up goodness. early to lead my team here. And I, I was, don't think I ever knew that. Yeah. That's so, cool. <laughs> so I was up all the time. I rarely slept and I had a oh. lot of anxiety. And I yeah. think after several years of doing that, I just kind of hit this unsustainable burnout moment where I just yeah. needed time away. Mm -hmm. And in this season, it was like my low point. And my uh, my family at the time gave me the the, I guess, grace to just take some time off. They're like, you know, you don't seem like yourself. You seem oh, like you need help wow. right now. Why don't you take a break? Um, you can, you know, work with us at this restaurant that we have. My family yeah. was all on board. Um, and I just took a leave of absence because the company, you know, Accenture, they were so gracious to say, hey, you know, we know you need a break. Why don't yeah. you try a leave of absence versus leaving? And then let's see how this goes. You know, go help, go help your family um, and help wow. them do what they That's need to awesome. do. Um, and so I took this leave of absence and I was just trying to understand who am I? Like, right am I supposed to do this consulting thing? Cause I'm really tired and I don't think I could do it any longer, at least at this rate that I was going. And I was reading this book called The Spiritual Ways of Discernment. And they basically have you go through practices to see, you know, what am I built to do? Like if God created the work before he created me, what shape, what experiences, what do I do yeah. to this world that's unique? Right. And so as I was going through this practice, I realized I was starting to have a heart shift towards the military. So probably yeah. similar to Chrissy's uncle, um, my dad was a military career man. He was with the Navy. Go Navy! And, um, <laughs> Go Army. <laughs> Just kidding. They're all great. <laughs> They're all great. <laughs> They're and all important. <laughs> they all are. And, um, and my dad was like, you should be part of the military. You have such leadership qualities. You should go in. Yeah. And because he was all about that, I, I did the total opposite. Like, I'm not going into the military. It's not happening. But during this time, I felt like the Lord was softening my heart towards the military. And I saw that as a military child, there were certain experiences that I had that only military children really yeah. understand, such yep, as absolutely. moving all the time, your parents going to war, not entirely sure if they're going to be back, but hoping yeah. they'll be back. Um, so there was a bit of that. And I started thinking, okay, I think I want to help military families. I think I want to help families in general. 
I also started to notice that um, I had a heart for women who had gone through a lot. So yeah. whether that was sexual assault, abuse, mm-hmm. abandonment, whatever it was. Um, and I think a part of that was because I had empathy for them because I had been in some parts, some, some of that myself. Yeah. And so I felt like, okay, I want to help this community. And I feel like I'm supposed to go into clinical psychology so I can help from a therapeutic standpoint. Right. Um, and at this point, I felt like God was like calling me to Fuller. I had a very intense, pivotal moment where I had met a family that really just needed to have reconciliation from some past hurts in in their story. And um, I basically went to my pastor kind of expressing, like, I don't know what to do with my life. This is Pastor Bill, by the way, who is still so awesome. Mm -hmm. Uh, Pastor Bill, shout out to you. How long Um, ago was this? uh, This was 2016, 2017 timeframe. And I was basically like, you know, I don't know what to do with my life. I feel like I could do this really great work in organizational psychology. I yeah. could do really great work in yep. people, operations, and HR. And still be helping people with all of it. And still be helping people with right. all of it. Right. But I kind of feel like the Lord wants me to help people who have been hurt. Yeah. And help families to reconcile and help yeah. families to get through their trauma. Yeah. And um, so I processed this intense moment with him and he totally understood And he was like, well, where do you feel like God wants you to go? And I was like, I feel like he wants me to go to Fuller Seminary for the clinical psychology degree. And he goes, oh, well, I went to Fuller. And I can help you talk about that more. So it's such a cool (laughs) moment. And that was just several years ago. And here we are. It's 2021. I got into Fuller. I'm going in for the clinical psych uh, program in the next two to three, two weeks. And I'm really excited, really nervous. And it's been a long time coming. Right. Well, and I know you said this was 2016 mm-hmm. that you were really thinking about this. And I met you, what, two, over two years yeah. ago now? And we've been praying this whole time. And so um, it's just so cool knowing that this is where you've wanted to be. Yeah. God kind of looped me in on the same plan. And now here we are. He's so cool. Doing it together. So, yeah. well, that is so awesome, Emma. Mm. Thank you for sharing how you got to it and kind of that journey because I feel like a lot of people actually kind of struggle with, do I make changes in careers? Do I do this? I think God might be calling me to this or I don't know what, who or anyone is calling me. I just feel like this might be the direction. And so I feel like it it almost gives people a um, permission to follow what they want to do. It's like you start in one thing and you have to stay there. It's like, no, no. And I think COVID did that too. Like a lot of people have – and like, okay, this is my chance to really yeah. change and do what I want to do, what's going to make me happy, what's yeah. going to help more people. and Totally. And I think it was COVID that um, because COVID happened, I actually ha- didn't have the commute that I would have had. Right. And so it allowed me to study for the GRE, which yep. is like an, an, a large exam that you have to take to get into grad school. Yeah. Um, and so I was like, Lord, I really don't know if I'll have the time to study. And then COVID happened. Yeah. And it was like, okay, study time and apply time. So well, and out. if I remember correctly – You actually didn't, like, they completely took that away where you didn't actually need to, even though you did, which is totally fine. I know. After I took it, I found out. (laughs) Yeah, that's right. Yeah. God completely took care of that issue for you. He's so good. Well, um, Mm. so now that we know the now Emma Rose, can you take us back a little bit and just talk to us a little bit of um, your upbringing, how you learned about Jesus? Um, all of those things, you know, were you raised in faith? Yeah. Talk to us about it. Yeah. So um, my mom and dad are very different. Um, I think my mom and my mom was probably raised Catholic. I think okay. that's what it was. And my dad was raised Christian. Um, but my mom kind of taught us about Jesus really young. Like okay. the, me and my three younger brothers, picture these four little kids all would like be at the bedside, our bedsides on our knees, praying <laughs> with my mom every night. And it's like a movie. It's like a movie. We're all, we're yeah, aware. we totally were. <laughs> and um, and sometimes my dad wouldn't be there because he was gone from military or whatever mm-hmm. it was. Um, and so I just remember being a kid and falling asleep, like as my mom would pray for like an hour or so, like it was long. And so my well, mom was I still do that. <laughs> Sorry, God, <laughs> I literally can't pray in bed because I will still fall asleep. Yeah, so. yeah. So be no shame. Yeah, yeah. It doesn't matter how old you are. Yeah. So I just remember doing that as a kid. Yeah, and yeah. Um, but my mom was really the big prayer warrior, kingdom sister, so and awesome. I just think like I learned a lot of my faith through her. 
my dad was kind of, you know, on the other end of like, okay, I'll just come to church when you guys are performing and doing like a Christmas thing or an Easter thing. Mm -hmm. So they were just very different. And, um, and I would say that, uh, my dad had a lot of things to learn along the way with his life, but he did fight in Vietnam and he also did a tour in Iraq. And, um, and I think, for him, there were a lot of things that he had to live through. He was also the eldest of 12 kids. Wow. And so he was parentified very young. Wow. And, um, and so when I, growing up, I just remember him just like either physically not being there or when he was there emotionally not being there and not being invested. Mm -hmm. And when he was, he was really angry or unpredictable and, and almost like, yeah, it was just really intense. Yeah. Um, and I just want to say, like, I've talked to my whole family. They've all given me the green light and the blessing to share. So yeah. this is and the reason why I'm sharing is because it didn't end there. Like, God's so good that he brought everything yeah. through to the other side. Well, and also with military and with um, going to war and um, walking through that is tough. And even yeah. today where there are a lot more resources available to service members to get therapy and to get that help. Like you said, psychology back then was a thing of like, if you need help, you, you've you got a problem. And the military was very much that way. Yeah. Where it was like, if, if you can't just buck up soldier and, you know, run past how you're feeling, there's something wrong with you. And, you know, nowadays it's it's much, there's more grace, there's more understanding for mental health. Mm-hmm. Whereas back then it's like, okay, dad, figure it out. Yeah. You know, go yeah. be a good parent. Don't be angry. Yeah. Even though you've seen who knows Horrific what. things. Yeah. 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 So it's like you're, you know, your dad just had to figure out how to walk through that and find yeah. healing for himself. Yeah. And that's a lot harder than, yeah. than we think. Yeah. What do you say? It's kind of going back into civilian life. Is that yes. what it is? Yeah. Yep. And that journey in and of itself is, yeah. is different and difficult. Yep. Um, so I learned about Jesus as a kid going to church. Um, my mom brought us to a very Holy Spirit filled church. And what that basically means is they prayed for healing. People were mm-hmm. healed. They prayed for miracles. Miracles happened. Like God just showed up in ways where I was like, okay, God's real. I know he's real, but it wasn't until he talked it. to me in his mm-hmm. word that I truly like, like was like, oh no, he talks to me too. And he does, yeah. he, he, he cares about me even as a little kid. So Absolutely. Um, as a kid, I, I loved him and I actually, I'm going to take off my watch right now. So um, I got a tattoo uh, I don't know if you see that. Um, it says Yeshua in Hebrew oh. um, when I was 18 because I was so in love with Jesus. And I was I like, I just want to make him so proud. And I was like, that's the only tattoo I'm going to get. Um, and I actually worked for the church um, as I was towards the end of high school going into college. Um, and so I, I would say I had a really strong faith. But um, I think as I got older and I started working, Mm-hmm. I this kind of sin of self-sufficiency kind of crept in. And I started yeah. to, um, I would say like I got a boyfriend who later became my husband. And we, I don't know, I just focused on work more. I focused on making money. I focused mm-hmm. on getting through school. And I just got busy. And God was part of it. And he was in it with me. But I just, I think kind of how you said you put him in the corner. Yeah. I felt like he was just hanging out. But I wasn't letting him drive my life, if yeah. that makes sense. And yeah. so I wasn't living in purity at that point, um, we got my my um, previous spouse, uh, former spouse, and I uh, lived together before marriage for a little bit and then um, got married. And then we needed to save money to pay for bills, yep. to pay for old school stuff, and to get a house one day. And yeah. so I felt like I was too busy being an adult. And even though God was part of it and, and I acknowledged him, I don't think – I think I remember thinking, you have all of my life, Lord, but I have my career because right. – because I need to pay for things. And I got to figure it out on my own. Yeah. And only I can do that. Yeah. <laughs> and so he has totally shifted that for me entirely at this point. Mm-hmm. Yep. And that's yeah. that that alone is a journey for all of us. You know, there's like it's that's part of faith and trusting God with those things. And it's hard. You know, yeah. we're like, okay, God, I trust you. But, you know, this bill's actually due yesterday. Yeah. So, like, <laughs> I got to figure this out, you know? Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. yeah. Well, thank you for sharing that. And I know um, we have very similar stories. And you you briefly spoke about your um, former spouse mm-hmm. and um, walking through that. So will you take us through walking, some of, walking through some of those pivotal points 
in your life. Yeah. Um, you know, moments of brokenness, moments of healing. Yeah. Um, all of yeah, all of it. Okay. So I'm we have a lot I know of similar stuff. So, we do. Yeah. Um, so I'll talk you talk to you all about three points in my life where I would say God has really healed or is healing and redeeming some areas. So um the first is well, I guess first off, you guys know when 2020 was coming. It was like 2019 and everyone's like, 2020 will be here. Mm-hmm. Yep. This is how my life has been every decade. You know, people were like, these are my life in the 90s versus this is my life in the, you know, 10 to 2020, you know, 2010. 2020 vision. Yeah, yeah. People were just so excited about 2020 and then COVID came. But um, I just remember looking back at my life, New Year's Eve of 2019, and thinking, God, I feel like I have had a Job life. And mm-hmm. so for those of you who don't know, Job in the Bible is actually the oldest book of the Bible. And yep. it's all about this pain that uh, this man named Job had to live through in his life where he lost everything and things went wrong. So for me, I felt like I had a Job life because even though on paper things looked good, um, every decade of my life, I felt like something was very painful. Mm-hmm. And so as a kid, because my dad, you know, was coming back and, uh, you know, for war and whatnot, or even going to war with Iraq, I felt like yeah. um, uh, there were moments where he was very hard on me. And so he'll talk about this too, if you ever talk to him, but um, being the eldest of children, um, they tend to be blamed for things mm-hmm. and they tend to have it the hardest. And he wanted to toughen me up. He was like, you're the oldest. You got to take care of your brothers. I'm not going to always be around. And if I don't come back from this tour, or this war, you have to and help you. your mom. Mm-hmm. And I just remember yeah. him being really tough on me. Um, and also because I was the only girl, he was the strictest. And sometimes um, when he kind of had his own emotional outbursts, he was really abusive verbally and sometimes, but rarely, but sometimes physically. Mm, um, and it was it was really painful. And I remember being humiliated in front of friends as a kid. And I was like, oh, like, I don't think everyone's dad is like this, mm. you know? And so yeah. um, I think what God has done is he's, and this has been like through years of therapy. So um, because I was able to uh, go to Chapman they had a um, therapy service that was free. And so I got to be a recipient of psychological services for the first time as a college student. And that's when I kind of started working on some of this healing with my dad. Um, And I feel like the Lord gave me more understanding of him. So I'm able to talk about his life and coming back to war and whatnot with more empathy versus as a kid, I told him I hated him so much because he he was gone. Yeah, I didn't understand. I didn't know. And um, now like what's, what's really beautiful is um so not beautiful is the fact that in 2019 my dad had a stroke but what Mm -hmm. is beautiful is we got to have very real conversations at that point and to where there was a moment where I was kind of kidding around because it was just me and him and I was like missing out on some birthday or something and my in the hospital when the stroke happened and my dad was like you know you don't have to be here you can go with your friends and I was like no dad you're here by yourself you just had a stroke yesterday I'm not leaving you and then I said something like Plus, you're a little bit easier to hang out with right now. And he was like, quiet. And we were He's both, like, well, we were both like, looking. Yeah, we were both <laughs> watching the TV on the hospital. So, like, it's his bed. Me right next to him. We're watching TV on, on there. And I just hear this quietness and whimpering. And mm. I was like, I've never heard my dad cry before. So I turn over and he's crying, sobbing. Wow. And he goes, I am so sorry if I've been tough on you, was oh. I tough, too tough on you? And I was like, yeah, it was hard. And so I just remember that moment because he was like, I'm so sorry. I just wanted you to be tough. And I wanted you to be tough in case I didn't come back. Wow. Sorry, I'm totally like feeling it right now. So it was just a special moment. And mm. ever since then, we've been able to talk about real things. So right. like, like uh, we had a substantive talk the other day where we were like, you know, we need more healing for this part of our family. And so wow. we talk about that now. And I think God is like, I'm just so glad that my parents are still together so I can still have that, yes. that moment with them. Because I remember as a kid, I said, I hated you so much. I was like, mom, I don't think it should be with him. He's mean. Wow. And, but like now it's like so great. So I'm just so glad that God saw them through a lot of things. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And works in the healing. And even in the moments where someone is sick or, you know, there's events that we're like, okay, this isn't fair. Why is, why is my dad sick right now? Yeah. Or even if you weren't feeling that way, you know, God still uses those types of things to, to to work healing, to 
create those moments, to create a moment where you accidentally blurt out, uh, <laughs> well, you're you're easier to talk to right now. And it's like, oh, did I just say that? <laughs> Clearly that needed to come out, you know, but God used it. And had been, what, 15, 17 years of yeah. like needing to come out? I don't yeah. Know. And yeah. then created a beautiful moment where you guys could Connect. talk through it and, and um, also on your dad, like he could have taken that moment and been like, I wasn't too hard. And it actually created a soft moment for healing yeah. and for him to just be like, wow, I actually really want to be better. And I, I want to love my daughter and I want healing with this. So yeah. that's just beautiful. It was really special. Um, the second moment uh, was kind of my teenage years. So mm-hmm. um, somewhere along the way, um, in my larger family, there was a violation that happened to me. And in that time, um, I just remember being this, like, little girl, so excited to start high school and, like, never drink and never smoke and yeah. just make Jesus so proud. You're the good girl. Yeah, I'm the good girl. Good job. And then this thing happened. Clearly and- not me. <laughs> Sorry. We learned that already. <laughs> you know what? I probably had frayed bangs from, like, smoking a te- as a teenager, too. So who knows? I was not even a teenager. <laughs> I know. I know. You were seven. Anyways. <laughs> Yeah, but that happened, right? Yes. Like I so um this violation happened in the middle of my sleep in Vegas mm-hmm. when our family had all gone. And oh. um I did not I froze, I didn't know what to do. And I don't share all of this to re-traumatize anyone, but I do want to say that Rain um, which is the largest anti-sexual violence um, organization in the world, they actually say that every, I want to say it's like 69 sec- or 68 seconds or so, an American actually is um, has a sexual violence moment against wow. them. So it is pretty prevalent. And um, for it happening in children, uh, most of the times it is with a family member, a family friend, or someone who's a close colleague of the yeah, family. Someone they trust. Someone they trust. Yeah. And so... Um, and so it's there. And I think a lot of people don't want to talk about this because it's mm-hmm. one of those conversations that are like easier to put under the rug. Yeah. And absolutely. so when it was happening for me, um, I honestly thought it was my fault and I wanted to die. And I wanted, mm-hmm. I was like, why couldn't I move or like stop wow. anything? And I remember like missing my grade, like my grades were going bad. I started smoking and drinking and hanging out with like the wrong crowd or like older kids. Mm-hmm. And I was missing school and, um, and I think you were in pain. Yeah, I was in pain. And they say that after those moments, uh, folks tend to go through PTSD for several weeks, if not months or years, you know? And, um, and so (laughs) it's, thank you. And so, um, I actually went in one night, I remember my parents were yelling at me like, why are you sneaking out? We found you sneaking out. And, and I told them like, this is what happened to me. And I don't feel safe. And um, and they did not know what to do. Yeah. So um, I put it under the rug. And okay. uh, we didn't, like, it just, I felt like I need help, but I'm not getting it here. Yeah, yeah. And um, I will say that, and it, this is actually also a RAIN statistic, is a lot of people who have gone through this tend to feel suicidal thoughts. And I just remember yeah. I was so depressed and feeling like I should die. Mm-hmm. And I don't know how that comes in, but it comes yeah. in when yeah. that happens. Well, because you feel like it's your fault. You did something wrong. So the, you know, let's eliminate the problem. Yeah. Which is such you. a lie. And you think it's you. You think yes. you're the problem. And that, that is the biggest lie that yeah. Satan wants you to believe. Totally. Totally. Yeah. Um, and so in the middle of that, um, I just remember being in my, in the shower, in the bath and like crying and wanting mm-hmm. today. And I felt like, you know what? I just felt like the Lord gave me like an intense moment of like, I don't want you to die. Yeah. You're not ready yet. Yeah. Um, and I was like, Lord, please give me a way out. Please show, like, give me something else so I can like just change my environment. Because I also felt like things weren't really great between me and my dad as well. Right. So there was just like twofold. It was hard. It was hard. Yeah. And so um, God, um, I guess, moved my sister my half-sister, oh. so I have a half-sister and a half-brother who, um, for my dad's first marriage, and um, they're awesome. They've always been close to their family, and I love my sister so much and looked up to her, and so she, like, randomly invited me to move in as, like, a sophomore or junior in high school um, to move in with her and her daughter oh, wow. and her husband, so I was like, well, that's it, so I moved in with my sister for several months, just kind of okay. had a, like, change of things, yeah. change of scenery, 
and just got back up on my grades, got wow. back on like just being healthy. And it made such a big difference, mm-hmm. I would say. So God showed up with her And he's also showed up where there's been forgiveness with this bigger family environment. So my parents and I all got together with the person Mm -hmm. um, last year, actually, and forgave him face-to-face, blessed him face-to-face. And um, I would say that it wasn't – because I had forgiven him over time to myself (laughs) and with my therapist. But it wasn't until doing it in person where I felt like even like – the emotional and mental torment that he and I both had, yeah. like it felt like it broke off. And there was this moment of realness and of like, and he was actually still a child legally at the yes. time. Yeah. So like he had said, you know, I just want my innocence back, you mm. know? And I just think of like how many people have done something, you know, where that was a total mistake and they wish yeah. it never happened and they just want their innocence back. And not that I'm saying it's okay, but I am saying that, I think Saul to Paul conversions where people change are possible. And I think prisoners can be set free. And I think, you know, whatever strongholds we have can be broken. And um, so we had that amazing family reconciliation moment. That is huge for both of you because obviously to have that conversation for yourself is healing, right? And you can forgive, actually have that conversation that a lot of people don't get to have. That's a blessing that you get to have that conversation with him and have that healing for you. But it, it also released him, yeah. you know, where he could have had that shame for the rest of his life yeah. and um, carry that and yeah. just feel like, okay, well, this is who I am and who knows what yeah. that would have, um, the ripple effect of that would have been. Yeah. But that opportunity for full um, reconciliation yeah. together. Being made whole. Yes. Mm-hmm. It, it completely, like you think of, this I can go down this route with the shame or now there's freedom and now yeah. I, I have this route where I get a whole other life. Yeah. I can be freedom. seen, mm-hmm. not ashamed. Yeah. And but, that is huge yeah. for you as a person to um, forgive and allow, like it takes a, a big, um, not a big person, but a lot of maturity to be able to have that conversation, yeah. you I know? It's all and, and to let it go and to love him through it. And yeah. I forgive you. I know that's not who you are. And let's walk in freedom and heal, healing. Yeah. It's yeah. huge. And if I if I if I can get that, I know that every family can have that. Mm-hmm. And I think it's possible. And yes, yeah. maybe it's not yet. Maybe there are still repercussions yeah. and justice to be had. Yes. But I do think that the Lord can do amazing things mm-hmm. and bring restoration where you think it wasn't possible. And yeah. I had been praying for this for like 15, 17 years of my life. Yeah, so absolutely. Um, those are my teenage years. Okay. And um, the last moment and kind of going back to the suicide topic. So, yeah. um, and this is also why I think God put Chrissy in my life, which is so crazy because he knew best. Um, not just to have us go to school together before this moment, but yeah. Um, so I had gotten married to who I thought was my forever love um, when I was 23. So I met my boyfriend at 19 at the time. Um, we were dating for five years and were married for six. Mm-hmm. And um, at, in our sixth year after our anniversary, uh, he had decided that he wanted to move out and didn't want to be married anymore. There were some addictive behaviors that had shown up in our family. Um, he, uh, just didn't want to let go of some of that, but also, um, I think his family and I both were like, I think we're healthier apart than together. Cause this yeah. is actually really unhealthy. We had some breaking of trust and it was almost like after years of therapy, trust wasn't there yet. Yeah. Um, and so we were kind of still going to square one every time. And so, um, so he moved out. And a couple months after, like, things had happened at my workplace where my favorite boss left and then my new favorite boss mm-hmm. left. And then, and then I just had both my per- personal and professional life kind one, of just. One thing after yeah, another, all of yeah, it. Yeah, just the Job moment where everything's happening, you know? Yeah. And um, so my life felt funny because I was like, well, here I am in my 30s. All my friends are getting married, having babies. And like getting homes and here I am where my home is literally breaking apart and he just moved out and all of this is happening and um, my life does not look like anything that I planned. Yeah. 
And um, so we walked through divorce and God really just held me through it. You talked about footprints in the sand. Like I was clinging on to God every day, like every day. Like I just knew I needed to go into my devotional and God showed up by having friends. Um, You know who you are, but you walked me (laughs) through this very dark valley of my life of divorce. Um, And, and so he had friends who would give me like encouraging verses every day and just like moments of strength and yeah. and um and even like my boss at the time at some point she was going through divorce too so we were able to kind of talk through it together but after the divorce had finalized um and it was actually this past April no so the divorce finalized last year so this past April um I learned that my uh previous spouse had actually passed um right. to suicide yeah and um you guys, like I knew that Chrissy had gone through this. And so when I had learned about it, I just remember bawling, just being so in shock and being so disappointed because yeah. I know that divorce pain is painful. Right. But, um, you know, I know that he had hoped to have found, you know, peace and love and contentment yeah. as well. Yeah. And so it just was really painful to have to live in that moment. And I did not know who would understand me other than Chrissy. Because, unfortunately, she had walked the same path mm-hmm. several years before. And so um, I think God showed up by putting you in my life. Because I was able to cry to her in a way that, I don't know, for those of you who have dealt with suicide, you probably know this. Suicide's complicated. Yeah. Because there are, mo- there are like these feelings of intense guilt where you think you're the reason why this person left. And and if only you had done this, if only you called that, if only you'd done X, Y, Z. Yep. And yes, that can help someone. That can prevent them in the moment, but it's not all of it. Yeah. Um, and so it's so much deeper. It's so much deeper. And I think the Lord has really kind of helped to lift some of that shame, some of that guilt. Um, and it's been uh, really neat to see the Lord kind of start a new chapter in my life right, right now. Um, and also bless him, bless his family, bless everyone that's ever been part of our lives. And, yeah. and I know that he's like watching us and is so proud of us right now, the yeah. same as, you know, your absolutely. Spouse, and I think another thing with, um, you know, suicide in general is so complicated and it affects so many different people in so many different ways. Mm-hmm. And I think one thing as being the ex-wife, is mm-hmm. is like a different layer like we will never understand how parents feel we will never understand how the brother and sisters feel like that is a a weight right it's it's it is heavy and we will never understand that um but as the as the ex right who we both had to make a decision for ourselves to be healthy and at some point when um when that's that's not possible in a relationship and you choose that you need to move on and mutually right mm-hmm. i know both of ours were mm-hmm. mutual decisions mm-hmm. to mm-hmm. to move on yeah. but there's still that extra layer of first of all i feel like i don't even have a right to grieve because i left yeah. you know and mm-hmm. i know we both have kind of had to walk through that mm-hmm. and the the level of okay but i am the ex and so is what is my role in this? Like, had I not left, would this had happened? You know, all of these things that are just complicated, you know, and, um, to have someone to, to just talk through and heal with and just be like very real and raw. And like, you know, I think there were, there were moments where I didn't say things because I didn't want to put like what I had felt in my journey on you. And, you know, everyone mourns and grieves differently, um, but then there were just moments where I was like, the, the, the guilt just needs to go. Shame just needs to go. Yeah. I know you're feeling it. And so yeah. it just needs to go. And yeah. we were able to go through that. And you helped me heal even more, mm. you know? So it's mm. it's the circle of um, mm. God. We talked about this before. God uses our scars to help other people. Yeah. Obviously, I don't wish that I went through it. I don't wish that you went through it. But the fact that I had... I was able to help you a little bit more and it helped me in my healing. Mm -hmm. And that's just going to continue with everything that we've been through with suicide, with sexual assault, with, you know, difficulties in family. Mm -hmm. Like everybody has different things, whether it looks the same or not, Mm -hmm. you know, God uses it one way or another. And it's, in my opinion, how we look at it. If we are going to look at it that he's helping us or if 
if not yeah that's just part of the journal yeah the journal yeah that is part of the journey and the journal (laughs) putting on the right lens a lens of truth oh I'm so excited to do our practical bots um okay yeah so God's good yes he's so good yeah um okay so um you talked about your previous marriage yeah and I know God has totally redeemed that for you already yeah and I'm just gonna claim that for myself yes <laughs> give it Lord um so talk about yeah the redemption Jordan story and Yay! all of that oh Jordan I think he's listening right now too um, Hi, Jordan. so <laughs> we so yes uh in November I got remarried to Jordan Klinger Yay! and um we did everything in purity and uh, we put God first. And what's so cool is we actually got married outside of Vegas in the Valley of Fire. And I felt like, and it was also on Veterans Day. And I felt like the Lord and there, 11-11. It was 11-11, 2020. Yeah, (laughs) 11-11, 2020. It's a big number for us. Yeah. And in, um, on this day, I guess like, I don't know if there were two airplanes or what it was, but, um, there was a cross in the sky, like a random cross in the sky. So in all of our photos of the sky so in it, cool. you just see this blue sky and then this cross. And um, and and then at some point during the wedding ceremony, um, one sheep had shown up and then wow. ran up the mountain. And then at another point, another sheep had shown up and run up the mountain. And the minister was actually like, that's actually really um, rare because sheep right. are usually with other sheep. So for two sheep to come separately on their own up wow. the mountain is like very different. Mm-hmm. And I felt like the Lord put on my heart that like sheep are actually significant of purity and significant of just like the laying of the lamb. You know, they say that, that Jesus was the lamb, right? Yep. And so going up the mountain kind of felt like a very spiritual moment seeing that sheep go up there. Yeah. Um, and I felt like the Lord was redeeming a lot of things. Yeah. He was redeeming things with my family, with my dad being the veteran. He was redeeming things by giving me this really beautiful marriage that mm-hmm. he just like led us through really yeah. quickly. And it was felt so beautiful. And um, and then what was it? The, uh, yeah, the sheep just felt like purity. Yeah. Well, it also reminds me, um, he, he, will leave the 99 for the one. Yeah. And so in a way, I don't know if you ever thought about it this way, but in a way, because I know you and Jordan both have um, different stories of, you know, your stuff. Mm -hmm. And so in a way, it's kind of a cool symbol of he came for the one and that's both of you guys. And um, and then purity in case anybody is listening and they don't really know what purity means. It means you don't have sex before marriage. And that's a very unique thing in this world. And, um, we actually did a Bible study together with my church at Flourishing Church. Um, and we actually also did it beforehand too. We did a whole other seminar with another friend of ours, just learning about not why God doesn't want you to have sex, but the reasons why it's beneficial to wait. Yeah. You know, everything from, the biblical reasons to the scientific yeah. reasons. Like literally science says like, you know. You I, bond. Yes. We don't have to get yeah, into all of this Well, right that'll now. be another episode, by the way. <laughs> but, <laughs> yeah. yeah. And it's like, you know, a lot of people just, they look at it and they're like, oh, well, you know, you kind of need to try it on before you go. And it's like, yeah. no, actually, yeah. it, 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 it just works yeah. better otherwise. And so we just felt it was important for us to learn those reasons and want to do it right for us. Not that mm-hmm. it, that is how other people are expected to live their life because everyone has different convictions. And if you're a believer, then, you know, that's your own journey. But it was really important for us. And so it was really cool to see Jordan, to see Emma find her man, Jordan, mm-hmm. and for them to walk through that yeah. purity and learn through that and so it's cool for me who hasn't found my significant other to he's coming we're praying him into existence he's here he's just getting ready he's out there he's out there but it was just cool to see you guys walk through that and see it work and how much it blessed you guys Mm -hmm. now you know and honoring that so yeah um so talk about fuller a little bit you're about to start yes I'm going to start in two weeks. No, I two think two weeks? weeks is welcome week. And then we have yeah. um, the actual first week of school. So yeah. that'll be exciting. How are you feeling? Feeling really excited. I'm ready. 
Um, and I, I will be focusing in on just helping women and families reconcile, go through trauma, get to healing mm -hmm. and pick up their mat and walk. We yes. talked about this last week or, yeah. you know, there's the healing and there's the freedom and that's available. Mm -hmm. So pick up your mat and walk. Right. Yeah. And, um, I would just say that, you know, we talked a little bit about suicide and just want to emph emphasize this again. You're here on purpose. Yeah. You're living for a reason. And God created you, created the works for you before he actually created you. And he um, fearfully and wonderfully made you in your mother's yeah. womb. And so um, if you're here and you've ever felt any moments of depression or suicide or anything, like just know that you can breathe, yeah. can be with us. There's mm -hmm. always going to be a new chapter for you. Um, the same way there has been for us. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Well, thank you so much mm -hmm. for sharing everything. Mm -hmm. We are just so appreciative of you being vulnerable and honest and real and yeah. raw. And um, yeah, we just, yeah. I'm just so thankful. And I'm obviously, you guys probably know, we're just so grateful to have each other and to yeah. share this journey with you guys. Yeah, thank um, you. Yeah, so now that you've given us our, overview and everything we're going to move into the practical pause yeah moment. and like I said um Emma is just like the master journaler <laughs> she like I've learned so much from her with yeah. this um and so we are just going to move into this yeah. and um yeah take it away thank you so um this is actually going to be a journal exercise and this is a general ex journal exercise that I've been doing since 2012 which the Lord really gave me after um learning more about meditation, learning more about uh, cognitive behavioral therapy, which is the whole idea of how you think and how it affects your emotions, how it affects your actions. Um, and so basically he invited me into doing this with him and just seeing how he thinks of all of the aspects of ourselves. So in Luke 10, 27, it says, love the Lord with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. And so the Lord really put on my heart that in order to love yourself and others, um, with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength, you have to have that moment with him where you check in on how are you doing yeah. physically, mentally, emotionally, and spiritually. So um, yep. I kind of started this check-in because sometimes I move so fast and so unaware of what's going on with me mm -hmm. that I needed to stop well, every morning. Well, most of us do. Yeah. You know, like, yeah. wake up, go. It's the norm to, to yeah. just go, go, go. That's, that's yeah. our world. We just have to go, go, go. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. this is such an amazing tool. Totally. So – um, I do this personally after reading my devotions in God time. And so you guys can do it whenever you want during the day. But basically what you'll want to do is write on a piece of paper four words. So you're going to write spiritually, mentally, emotionally, and physically. And so you'll just write the words. And you're going to have a little underline right underneath and to the side because we're also going to bring in the aspect of seeing how it changes day by day by rating how it you feel on a scale of one to five. And so I know that Chrissy is going to be our little modeler, actually yeah. journaling. And I love it. Um, for those of you, yeah, for those of you journaling at home, um, feel free to pause it if you need more time as we go over yeah. the different aspects, because I will ask you to think about all of these areas and ask you questions to think about. Pause it. Pause us. Yeah, pause us. Pause us. Pause us. <laughs> pause us and stop it and actually write, write, you know, your answers and then go on to the next thing. So this is going to mm -hmm. be a little bit abbreviated just because we want to cut it short for the sake of time. Um, but, you know, with our practical pauses moving forward, you'll be able to access that on Patreon and we'll go more in depth and give you the time that you need to do it and to ask us questions about how to do it. So, yes. um, so go ahead and write your four words. You're going to write spiritually, mentally, emotionally, and physically, as I showed on the paper. And once you have that, We'll go ahead and start with spiritual and spirituality or spiritually. So um, some questions to think about here is, you know, how attuned do you feel to God? How spiritual are you feeling? Are you feeling like there have been miracles in your lives lately or your life lately? There have been miracle moments, prayers answered. Do you, how, how in touch do you feel with him? Um, are there moments of awe and wonder? or desire to be with him or hear from him? Do you sense appreciation for breath in your lungs? Do you sense appreciation for life? 
How refreshed or rejuvenated do you feel in your walk with him? Or do you feel like you're having a dry season and might be in the desert right now? And as you're writing that all out, feel free to um, underneath, like next to the word spiritually where that line is, you can rate on a scale of one to five with one not being the greatest, five being the best, how you're feeling. On a scale of one to five. No judgment. No judgment at all. Be real with him because yeah. the more authentic we are with him, the more he'll be able to help us in those places. Yeah. We have nothing to hide with him. He does not, like we said, right? He just comes wherever you are. Mm-hmm. And um, and so this is the part where we're also going to talk to him about it is, you know, you can ask Jesus, do you invite me into anything here spiritually? Are you challenging me? Similar to what mm-hmm. we did with Electio Divina last week. Are you challenging me in any way? Are you inviting me into any way? Would you like me to connect with you in a specific way today? So take a moment to check in with yourself spiritually and how you feel with God and be real with him. It's kind of like when you check in with like your husband or your boyfriend or someone that you love and you're like, hey, how are we? things good? How are we feeling today? It's a relationship that you invest in. All right. And so when you're done with that, we'll move on to mentally. And so like I said, feel free to pause us if you need more time. So now when you think about mentally, think about what are your thoughts circling around today? Are you super focused? Are you sporadic? Are you all over the place? (laughs) I know some mornings I am. Are there some things that you're worried about, you're more concerned about? Is there anything that you're nervous about, excited about? What are you thinking about? Are you thinking about things that bring you peace or contentment? Or are you thinking about your long laundry list of to-dos? Oftentimes in the morning, mine are a long list of to-dos. And I tell God, I'm thinking about all the things to do today. (laughs) So, right, what are those thoughts that you're having? And maybe even notice what are some thoughts that might not sound like truth? Like what might sound like a lie? And so this is where you probably do want to pause to kind of check in. Like what, are, what, what is that thought life looking like right now and today? And then on a scale of one to five, you'll want to write, how are you feeling? One being the worst, five to the best in terms of your thought life. What's that thought life looking like? And then once you've done that, I'm going to take a moment and say, Jesus. Jesus. I submit my thoughts to you. I submit my thoughts to you. I ask you to renew my mind. I ask you to renew my mind. What do you want me to know? What do you want me to know? About how you think of me. About how you think of me. And my thoughts. And my thoughts. So feel free to take a moment to write what it was for you. Did you have a little moment? Um, yeah, a couple of things. <laughs> <laughs> cool. One, I just felt like he um, he's just so pleased and he's just proud. Mm-hmm. Um, but I also, like, a, Jesus is, um, sometimes we think of him as, like, this big God who's, like, I'm just watching, you know, and it's like, no, actually he's not. He showed me a vision of him like almost like he would be laying on the on the floor in front of us and he's like, you know, when a kid's laying there and like kind of kicking their feet like, I'm just enjoying the show, you know? Yeah. I felt like that was him like, I'm just here enjoying this. Mm, yeah. So cool. So he's pleased and Very, he loves this. Yeah. Um, awesome. So – Go ahead and write down, you know, your thoughts, what you've got from him as it relates to your mental thought life and see if there's anything he's encouraging you to do. Is there anything he's inviting you to think about? Are there any truths that he wants you to rest on? I know for me, I have to rest on Matthew 6, that he's going to take care of me like the lilies and the sparrows because oftentimes I think I have to figure it out on my own. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Mm -hmm. So we're going to move on to emotional and emotionally how you're feeling. So um, oftentimes our emotions actually stem from our thought life. And so because you just took an inventory of your thoughts for the day, it's a great time to actually check in on how you're feeling. Um, And so 
Next, emotionally, you're going to want to think about and write about how are you feeling? Are you feeling scared? Are you feeling excited? Are you feeling nervous? Are you feeling depleted? Are you feeling tired? How are you feeling? And go ahead and rate on a scale of one to five, like how positive or negative it is. If it's really negative, put a one. More on leaning on the positive side, put a five. And if you have like three to five really high level emotions that kind of like are intermingled and mixed, put a three or something because it's, you know, it could be mixed. Yeah. You could yeah. be really excited about something but really bummed about another thing. And oftentimes we have to learn to live life holding you know, the positive and the negative in a safe space, right? I'm holding grief and joy in the same season. Sometimes life is like that, and we have that in our day-to-day. And so as you're writing out about your emotions, take a moment to talk to Jesus again about your emotions, and feel free to pause us if you want to keep writing. But you want to say, Jesus. Jesus. I thank you for helping me renew my mind. I thank you for helping me renew my mind. Now I ask you to show me, tell me, or give me a sense. I ask you to show me, tell me, or give me a sense. For how you feel. For how you feel. About my heart. About my heart. And my feelings. And my feelings. And lastly, we're going to go into physically. So um, if you need more time, feel free to pause us and write more about your emotions. Um, so physically is an interesting one for me because I think it's the easiest because this one is usually just one line for me. But um, write down how you would rate yourself physically and your physical health from a scale of one to five. And then, you know, think about how well rested are you? Did you get enough sleep last night? Did you wake up rejuvenated? Do you feel sluggish or tired? Do you have pain or soreness and where? And why do you think you have it? And then after you've had a moment to check in with yourself physically, you can take a moment with Jesus and then ask him, Jesus, Jesus, do you invite me? Do you invite me? Or challenge me? Or challenge me? Into something here. Into something here. Father God. Father God. You made me. You made me. What do you think my body needs? What do you think my body needs? To be healthy and thrive. To be healthy and thrive. And love others well. And love others well. And myself. And myself. Told me I need some sun. Okay. Well, looks like Chrissy's going to the beach today. (laughs) Love it. I love it. Yeah. What is he inviting you to? Yes. And so I usually go through this practice where I check in with myself on the four different areas and I see what God wants. And then I'll actually put together my day plan and be like, okay, God, what are we going to do today based on what you think I need and what you think I might need to do with others, forgive others or hang out with others. Maybe we need to feel more connected. So, you know, kind of planning that into your day. It's really cool because I feel like I do feel like my day changed. I didn't know I needed sun, and that wow. wouldn't be something that I, like, I mean, I love the beach, but, like, yeah, I don't know. So maybe I'll work that in. Love it. I love it. It's really cool. Yeah. So that is it. Um, thank, you for, that. thank you like for that. Thank you for that. Okay, good. She's I my best friend, and I still don't know how to journal like her, so this is really good <laughs> for me. And you don't have to journal like <laughs> me. It's just a little practice that I've learned, and God, and honestly, I feel like because it's a practice I've been doing for so long, I do think it's helped me to embrace the healing in the moment as things have happened. Yeah. No matter how traumatic things have gone in the last, you know, 10 so years for me, I feel like forcing this like moment of pausing and checking in with myself and God has allowed me to embrace the healing in the moment versus just putting it to the side and waiting till Mm -hmm. a trigger comes up and I have to deal with it. This is a more intentional way to check in with yourself and give yourself grace for what you you might need based on what God says. Yeah. I think for me, especially, um, you know, I've done therapy, I've done work on myself, but it's still um, hard to recognize actually how I'm feeling and actually like take the second to do that. Um, And that affects me in friendships and life. You know, if you don't know how you're feeling, 
you don't know how to respond to people. Yeah. And you're in, often in reacting. Yeah. You're just reacting from yeah. your place of how you're feeling. You don't even know it. Yeah. yeah. And so I, I know um, for my life, if there's something going on with a friend or a situation, I know I'm the person that's like, okay, break. Let me let me go work on this. It might take me a day or two because I don't I have to figure out how I'm feeling and sometimes that takes time. Mm -hmm. So I feel like this helps a ton because you're kind of forcing yourself to figure it out each way yeah. with God. With God, yeah. Because if and we each figure day. it out, yeah. And each day is different. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah. then it becomes a habit. And yeah. It's like, I love exactly. it. Exactly. I love it. She is gonna have a journal come out at some point. So <laughs> Thanks, Christy. we're working on it. Accountability friend right there. <laughs> Yeah. In love, love, in your timing, you. in God's you. timing. Thank but you. well, thank you for that, Emma. Thank you so much for sharing everything. Thank you guys for listening and being part of this journey. Mm -hmm. We are officially on basically every streaming platform yeah. possible. We're on YouTube, yeah. Spotify, in Instagram, uh, Apple, Breaker, Anchor, like all of the things, all of, all of them, all, all of them. them. All so, um, we would love if you would come, um, look at whatever platform works best for you. And if something just touches you, or if, even if someone came to your mind while we were talking about something, um, if you feel led to share it, not, not for us to, you know, not for glory or for fame or whatever, but honestly, it's for people to heal, to grow to just feel like they they might relate and they can heal from something and allow God to speak through it. And that yeah. is, you know, we said jokingly that if this just helped one person, yeah. we'd be grateful. And it's very clear God wants to use testimony and people. Mm -hmm. And he's it's it's clear from the first one that he wants to do that. And I know Emma's story is going to do the same. Thank so you. yeah, it's, it's hard to be vulnerable, but it's also, um, you know, people, people learn they're not alone. So yeah. anyways, yeah. Thank you so much. Thank you for catching us on whole into the full. Yes. We hope you'll join us for our next episode. That's coming out the first week of October. And um, if you want to access our practical pause for that episode, please follow us on Patreon. Yes. Like and subscribe. It helps us with our algorithm algorithms. And uh, review. <laughs> yeah, let us know how many stars you would give us and share us if you feel like there's a word that can really connect with someone else. Mm -hmm. Have a great right. day. Thank you so much. Bye. Bye.